became easier for me to have those conversations because I knew that it was so normal. Yeah. And that's part of the reason for this podcast is making the listeners feel normal. Normal. Welcome to the Know Your Worth show where we teach you how to think about your money differently so that you can achieve your sexy money goals. I'm Sydney, your money maven and owner of Know Your Worth. And I'm Kristen, Sid's dime piece bestie, team member, and busy mama twins, here to make sure that those of us without a financial degree can still level up with each episode. Let's get started on reaching your next goal. Welcome to episode five of the Know Your Worth podcast. I am Sydney, your money maven. And I am Kristen, Sid's assistant and dime piece bestie, here to (laughs) help with the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So from the last episode, we got into leaving our corporate roles, starting your businesses, taking them a little bit more full time. And we touched a bit on what our conversations with our partners or the people close to you in your life, what they thought of that. So this episode, we're going to talk about working with your partner on either actually working with your partner, like physically working with your partner at work or working on your dreams and goals with your partner and also just financially working with your partner, having separate jobs working together in your own household incomes and finances and everything like that. Kind of just what our roles are and how we've navigated our relationships with our partners, with our finances. Yeah. And um, Sid's going to share what goes on in her home. I'm going to share what goes on in mine. And then she's going to give some practical tips Mm -hmm. for those of us who are more like me, which you'll hear. (laughs) (laughs) And what's cool, too, is from my perspective and the things I've seen, I'm also going to talk a lot about what some of our clients have done with their partners after conversations we've had for building their businesses, growing their stuff, and what they've then been able to take home and share with their partners to make things smoother, easier, just better transition at home in regards to their finances and their businesses in general. Yeah. So to give you a little bit of background on my situation with my partner. So Alex, my husband and I work together full time. His background is in finance. My background's in accounting. So we both right off the bat have the data and the number mindset when it comes to our personal finances. Our brains think similarly in that respect. So that definitely helps with a lot of our conversation there. So Alex, his background's in finance. Like I said, mine's in accounting. We both had our full-time corporate positions, and we've always been open about talking about money. I do think that a lot of those initial conversations were initiated by me just because that was what I came from. That was the background I came from. Alex really didn't come from that background. So it was a little bit harder for him at first to have some of those conversations just because he wasn't used to them, wasn't very comfortable with them. And so we've come a long way from the beginning there. But like I said, both of our backgrounds are in finance, accounting. We now work together full time. So that was always one of my sexy money goals was to not retire my partner, but to get him out of corporate life. How can we make our lives more flexible so that we can travel together more often so that we can have the same schedules together? So we're getting home at the same time. We're working on similar projects. That was a big goal of mine was I really appreciate Alex's hard work and work ethic. So I knew that was going to be beneficial for us to be able to work on things together, especially when we have two of our businesses before the bookkeeping, before he came on full time for Know Your Worth, we own together. So we own the Golf Academy with my sister and my brother-in-law. And then Alex and I both own a co-working space. So the co-working space is where I work out of on a day-to-day basis. So I I knew it was going to be really beneficial too if he could be here with me to see some of the the struggles that I was going through on a day-to-day basis, running it 
And in taking that on an operational side day to day, I knew I also wanted him to be more involved in that. So it's always been a goal of mine to have that where we were working together on the same goal, same effort. We're both very outgoing in our personalities. We're both very chatty. We really like a lot of the same parts of our jobs, too. We like the client engagement. We like the interaction. But we also like solving puzzles. And Alex is a little bit of a perfectionist. And I'm a little bit more of a take on multiple projects and get them all done. And Alex is a one at a time till it's done and done before moving on to the next one. So that's a little bit of a a background for us. But we manage our personal finances at home now a little bit differently than we used to. So what I wanted to do from the beginning was really have this open picture of our finances, that we were looking at our, our budget together, we were looking at our spending together, we were looking at our savings, our debt, all of that together. And that took a little bit of time for both of us to be very comfortable with that. It's not an easy thing to just jump right into. But we used a couple different tools and resources where now what our financial picture, the setup of the uh, the financial picture for us is that we have one joint bank account and we have two credit cards that we both utilize. One's kind of the more of the travel points one and one is like the other one that we have that we don't really use all that often. But we mostly use our travel points card. And then, like I said, we have one shared bank account. And for us, all of our recurring bills flow out of that account. So we both fund it every month and all of our bills are set up to automatically pull from that so that we don't have to anymore have the conversation of, oh, okay, the mortgage payment's coming out. I need you to Venmo me or I need to Venmo this or that. So we don't have to have that exchange anymore. And that's helped a lot of just like making that conversation easier of why do I have to Venmo you? Don't you have the Venmo from last month or this Mm -hmm. or that? And not that it was ever a a negative conversation, but it can be sticky. It just can be annoying sometimes. And the last thing I want is for anyone, let alone Alex, to be going through my bank statement and judging purchases. That is not us. We will not be that way. I will never be that person. But we operate in our budget where like we know what's coming out. We have investments, we have savings, so they're automatically being pulled. And then after that, Alex can spend his money on what he wants there. I can spend my money on what I want because we've already removed it. The shared money that we need to work towards our goals is already taken out. So now that extra money, that's ours. That's ours to play with. That's ours to do what we want. He's not going to judge me for going to buy shoes and cheese and... (laughs) I'm not going to go judge him for buying shoes and bourbon. We've gotten to this point now that feels really good. And then when we have big savings goals or like new projects that we want to start that we're like, okay, we want to travel or we want to do this. Maybe we reevaluate how much is being pulled from our individual accounts into that joint account and maybe we bump it up. Or maybe we have a couple little other random savings accounts that we can filter money into here or there if we're trying to work towards a common savings goal. But for the most part, the day-to-day maintenance is very... Seamless at this point. It's just very ongoing. And we don't have to all the time have a conversation of this or that. If something crazy happens where we're like, hey, my car needs this massive repair, it's going to be $1,000. Which card should I put it on? That's more what we'll talk about is, okay, which credit card should we put it on? And then where should those funds to pay it off at the end of the month look like or yeah. come from? And if, if it's something where like we couldn't pay it off at the end of the month or we didn't want to, we would talk about what that plan of attack would look like to get that gone. And that happened a lot for a couple of years for us just because we had expenses come up. Our plumbing broke. There's always something where you have to if you have to carry a balance on a credit card, that's OK. It's totally fine. But what's the plan to get out of it? And um, what's the plan to attack that? So I think that's something that's become a lot easier for us to talk about because it was definitely a lot harder in the beginning is, 
okay, for a period of time, I was making more money than Alex was. And so it was like, am I the one that's paying for this all the time? And, and that can be tough. That can be a sticky conversation. And then when I quit my corporate job and Alex was the one with the income, then it was like, okay, who's paying for this? Is it coming out of his now? So we both have had that balance of like being the one that was making money or more money for a certain period of time. And that can be a very sticky conversation. It's really important to have this conversation because there shouldn't be an expectation of you making the exact same amount as your partner and contributing exact same amounts all the time. But there needs to be a balance of the expectation of what's being contributed and what's being received and then what in other ways is being contributed. If it's financial, if it's support, that needs to be an open conversation, I really feel like, with your partner. And that's how we feel in, in our house because we have had those sticky conversations of where is this coming from this month? Where is it going next month? So that's like our background on what our situation looks like right now and what our thoughts are on that. So how long have you been married? We've married, we're going on four years. So how long do you think it took you to get from, oh, we're babies, just married, mm -hmm. combining bank accounts and figuring it out till this is comfortable and we're... Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I think that, so Alex and I've been together for 10 years now, or just, we just hit nine, so nine and a half now. We've been living together for five and a half years and we've been married for four. And I have always been very aware of everything that's in my bank accounts, all of my finances, where things are coming, where things are going, managing the bills and things like that. So when we moved into our house, we were not married. So I bought the house initially. And then so all the bills were in my name initially. And I know that Alex didn't love that because he wanted to be involved and be a part of it. But we weren't married yet. We weren't even engaged at that point. We didn't share things like that right away. We shared other things, going out to dinners and things like that. That was definitely all give and take there. So when we moved into the house, I'd say it was about a year after we moved in that I really had an expectation of we need to be equal in whatever way that looks like. It needs to yeah. feel equal. It doesn't have to be the same dollar amount because at mm. that point, that was when That's I was making more money. But that was at a point where I also felt like I needed to keep the house clean all the time and I needed to do laundry and I needed to cook and I needed to do all these things. And then I felt like I was pulling a little bit more weight on the financial side. And so what I did to make Alex see it is he had no idea. Like he had no clue what the finances looked like because they weren't coming from his bank account. Right. And that wasn't his fault. That was me putting all of that on. I yeah, got it. Yeah, it's nobody's fault. It's right. just how things were going. And I very much like to be in control. I think I would have felt really uncomfortable if I wouldn't have been able to know everything was being yeah. pulled from the bank account. I just need to know that it's coming out or I'll wake up in the middle of the night and be like, oh, my God, did I pay the water bill? Like. <laughs> I, I have this. So I need to know. Like, I need to be able to look right there. Yep. Paid it. Cool. We're good. Right. If that was like on him, then I would be like, hey, did you pay that? He'd be like, yeah, Sydney. Like, I did. And I'm like, I just need to you. know. And, and that's not always a good thing, but I do. I, I definitely have that kind of control piece. So once we sat down, we made this budget and I showed him like everything that was coming out of our sh very shared expenses, not my car payment, not his, but the house, the gas, the electricity, the water, the garbage the insurance. There was just a lot of pieces that he just didn't think about. Oh, the garbage bill and things like that, which like he didn't know. And yeah. that's fine. So once he saw that, it was very much then a, oh, I get it now. Okay. So what do you need? Yeah. Like not a, I can't. It was like, okay, so what do you need? How can we get this to yeah. feel good? And so then from there, it felt really good. Then when we got married and we had then, in my opinion, his debt's my debt, my debt's his debt. It's very mm -hmm. shared debt. Before then, his debt was his debt and my debt was my debt. 
So then it was like, okay, I don't want you to carry a credit card balance because when we go in on things, your credit affects me now. And I don't want to carry a credit card balance because my credit affects you. So that was when I feel like whenever we were married, that was my thought. It was like, okay, I feel like we can have this conversation a little bit more now of what are we spending our side stuff on? Because we don't have shared investments. We didn't have big retirement plans at this point. But what does our whole financial picture look like? So I think it probably took a year after we were married for us to really come together and really have a full, clear picture of what his finances were and my finances were to the student loans, any personal debt, all of our personal bills, the car payments, the insurance, phone bills, all that kind of stuff. It probably took a full year of us being married to really dig into a lot of that and feel good about where it was coming from. But then that's also when I wanted to quit my job. Right. So then we really had more conversations about where money was coming from because I was about to say, I'm done. Yeah, I don't have this income anymore. So we really got clear about where things would pull from. And I also don't want it to be misconstrued that we haven't carried debt. We have carried lots of debt. Alex and I, when we opened the Maverick, our co-working space, we carried all that debt on our personal cards. And so at one point, the the Maverick cost us $30,000 Mm -hmm. to open up. So just the Maverick expenses of opening up was $30,000 on our personal cards. And then we had other things. But at that time, too, because that was still within the first year of me quitting my job, which I probably put that strain on us that I didn't need to do. But it worked worked out out. and we made a plan for it. But right after starting Know Your Worth, I hated working from home and I wanted to be out. So we opened up a co-working space. And so in a time period where we didn't have a ton of cash flow that wasn't very consistent, we opened up the Maverick. And I will say that all the budgets that I had for the Maverick were spot on. So I, we knew what we were getting into. We knew what the plan was, but that didn't make it any less real that we had credit card debt that we carried for a while. Right. Just because we didn't want to be out of cash should anything happen. But we were absolutely both willing to pay interest on things to know that we still had an emergency fund and a savings and all of that. So that was a little bit longer probably, but it took about maybe a year of us being married to really feel like I think we were totally clear on what we had like what the rules fully. Were. Yeah. And then in the past two years is whenever we feel now good with the the business and the income coming in where we've set up another investment account and restructured kind of the way the money flows. The joint bank account we didn't set up until after I started Know Your Worth. Really? Yeah. I think it was just one of those things that we were very open and talking about where things were coming from. But then I get very scattered with what date is what. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, okay, the water bills do this day. And then I'd be like, oh, did I pay it? And I hated that feeling. Yeah. I hate that feeling. Yeah. So I just said to Alex that we need it to be set up where I don't have to worry yeah. about it. So exactly. this account needs to be funded by you from your paycheck and me from my paycheck. And all these automatic bills that are the same every month will come out of it. And that account will grow just a little bit every mm-hmm. paycheck. And so then we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to cool. touch it. We don't have to talk about it. It's less money that we have to exchange back and forth. So it just feels like we're both contributing to the same thing without it going from him to me to the account yeah. or from me to him to the account. Right. So that feels a lot better too. Yeah. We two have it all together. We don't, but <laughs> we, we work on it. Like I said, we, we like to talk. So we talk a lot about you it. You do have great communication. A lot about it. Yeah. Do you think that money's probably like the number one thing that people fight about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And they might not know it, but mm-hmm. the basis is money because like if it always, if like you peel mm-hmm. back all the layers, it would mm-hmm. be like a dollar in, yep. the, in the middle. <laughs> yeah. I, I realize it's because I think it's selfishness around money of one partner feeling like they're providing more and they're not getting an equal share back. 
one partner being very scared of spending money and the other partner loving to spend money. Yeah. And even if that money is spent within control, it's just if the one partner doesn't value what the other partner wants to spend their money on. Right. Then they're always going to be annoyed if that's men with golf or if it's women with Target. Yeah. It's both sides. Yeah. But I think a lot of the basis is money. I do. Yeah, I think, I think it so is. Too. Yeah, I do. If I could peel back 90 percent of the fights that Chris and I have, that comes down to that. Yeah. 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 And I think that's very normal. I really do. I think it's very normal. I think it's just part of being in a partnership. Yeah. And trying yeah, to navigate I do. life. And I do. Yeah. So what does your situation look like as much as you want to share? Yeah. When Chris and I got married, so we've been married for 12 years and we were been together for 14 and we lived together after a year. We always pretty much had things separate. We both had corporate jobs. He had his fitness company. I worked in the school district, but then same thing. Like we lived in an apartment. We shared, okay, I'll pay the rent. I'll pay the water. We divided it. He made more than me at that time. And so what I didn't contribute in finances, I probably contributed in like sweat equity. Mm -hmm. Like I cleaned, I did the laundry. I felt like I had to like, cause I'm just somebody who feels like I want things to be equal. Yeah. Probably goes back to some deep childhood stuff, but we don't <laughs> have to do that here. So anyway, so that's what we did for a really long time. And then we got married and we got the joint checking account, joint savings account, but we both kept our own accounts also just for freedom mm -hmm. because we are also are not the, you can't buy that. You can't do that. Right. I don't hide my bags in the car when I go shopping and nope. I never did. He doesn't hide anything from me that I know of. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just like, we both were independent and we yeah. wanted to feel that independence. So we did that for a very long time. And then when I left my school counseling job and started the other job where I was making a lot more money and I replaced both of our salaries. When we had the conversation that he would leave his job, I didn't think about it too much. And I mm -hmm. wish I would have thought about it more, but I was so like proud of being able to support both of us at the time that I think I just let ego take over maybe. And I was just like, I'm taking care of everything, which mm -hmm. is a novelty at first until it's not anymore. <laughs> at that point, then I think it was a little bit of a like, even though he wanted to do that and he wanted to pursue his own company and his own dreams and all of those things, he did have a give and take with the, I'm not the supporter anymore, or I'm not matching her equally. So I feel like we've had some discussions around that. So anyways, I've been our family supporter for the last seven years. It has had some very clear downs and some very clear ups. And I'm proud of myself that I can do what I do, but it's definitely difficult. And I'm like you, like I, I pay the bills just because not just because I make the, the money at this point, I always did because I just need to know I need to check it off yeah. my list. Yeah. I think we have trust issues. Yeah. I just, <laughs> yeah. It's, I just need yeah, to it's see the control. It. Yeah. 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 I don't want to get in the shower one day and need to be somewhere and there's no water Yep, because <laughs> somebody forgot to do something. Yep. Absolutely. So I've Absolutely. always been the person who takes care of that also. I think what we wanted to transition into is like what advice you would give people who need to have those conversations with their partner. What tangible things can you do? And then I'll share a little bit about what we don't do and maybe what we'll start to implement. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that you said in the beginning of what you were talking about is when Chris was providing at that point, too, and you were doing a lot of the household stuff because yeah. like, you really felt like you needed to. And that's what I was doing in the beginning where I, I had a really strong, steady income. And then I when we first moved into our house and I was doing laundry and cooking and I didn't realize how much I hated those things. Yeah. No, I love cooking, but cooking for fun. Like, yeah, not like you have to eat every tonight. day all the time. <laughs> it's more of I just went on a Saturday afternoon to make a cake. I yes. love cooking. <laughs> I love to look at recipes. I love all that stuff. 
but I don't want to be responsible for putting dinner on the table every night. Mm. And thank God I don't have kids right now because I know that has to change. Just yeah. That mentality just has to change a little you gotta bit. You got to feed them from dinner. Yeah. I, the trend on TikTok with like a girl dinner is like my favorite thing yes. ever. Like I could do girl dinner every night. Yep. Like just a couple of snacky things. I'm good. A P- couple milk. pieces of cheeses, a pickle or two, a little glass yes. of wine. <laughs> I'm like good. Yeah. But so that was really different whenever I felt like I was working so hard to try to build up this business. And Alex had a great job. He was definitely making more money than me at that point. But I felt like I was doing a lot. Like Mm -hmm. I felt like I was busting my butt every day. And then I was coming home and there was no laundry done. Mm -hmm. There was no uh, food done. But those were my roles before. And I took them on myself. Like I never told Alex that this hey, is what I'll I'm going to do. This, this is what, yeah, yeah. it wasn't like I never that. never did that either. Um, but it was just like, I was doing them. Then all of a sudden, like the house was just like a mess. And I remember I just had the breakdown and I was like, I just can't do the home stuff anymore. I, yeah. and I hate it. Mm-hmm. I despise laundry. And if my mom listens to this, she'll laugh and then get so mad at me <laughs> because <laughs> I just despise laundry. I cannot do, yeah. I can do one load max, like one load max. And it's like, not once a week. Yeah. 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 And it's not once a week. I can do one load max, like every two weeks or three weeks. Yeah. But I also ha- have enough clothes that I can typically get through that time yeah. period without needing to do it, which also isn't a good thing. But I, I know that I hate laundry and I'm not very good at, I think it's an ADHD thing too, where like I have a coffee and I leave the cup there and walk away and mm-hmm. it'll stay there for two days. I'm like, oh, that was my cup. Yeah. I just don't see it. I don't yeah. think about it. And so I remember having this like breakdown to Alex, like I can't do these things anymore. Like I just, I, if you want clean clothes, you have to wash them a little bit too. And it, he was like, okay, that's fine. Like, I get it. I'm not, it I never asked you to do this. He was like, you never asked me to do it before, yeah. but yeah, I can do that. Or And then he just started cleaning up around the house more. And then it's funny because where he wasn't necessarily like a clean freak or had any of that before at all, he has it a little bit more now, yeah. which is also really fun for me because I'll come home and the house is really clean. And he's like, yeah, there was just stuff everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, that was my fault. Sorry. But it's done. It's really fun that it's like he's absolutely picked up all of that weight of the things that were just like too much for me at home. Um, feel, sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's Do okay. you feel like because he has left his job and worked with you now and you are to the owner yeah, of the yeah. company that he there's like a role reversal and he feels like he has to be the sweat equity now? Yes and no. Yeah. I think that was probably it for a a while there that he really wanted to step it up after. And he's talked about that too. Like he really wants to step up and just be working really hard for everything. And so I think that when he realized how much of a burden was lifted off of me by just doing that kind of stuff, I think he was like, oh, wow, this is great. I didn't realize this was this big of a deal. Yeah. Because it not that it wasn't a big deal to him, but at the time it, it really wasn't. He didn't care if there was a cup on the table, but I didn't either. But then there would be six cups on the table. Right. And so then it felt like so much. Mm-hmm. And we've also talked about this too, that it was tough when we were working in different places because he felt like he was working so hard all day at work. And I felt like I was working so hard all day right. at work. And then we'd come home and be like, you don't know the day that I had. You don't know what I've been through today. It's not a contest. You no, know, it can't be a contest. Turn into that and contest. it turns into that. Yeah. And so I listened to one thing on Brene Brown was saying, it was a couple of weeks ago, I saw this post and she was like, my husband and I have a system where when we come home, we check in with what level are you at? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she's, you're never going to be 50-50 mm-hmm. ever. It's just not possible. One of you one day is going to be 100 and the other one's going to be 20. Mm-hmm. One day one of you is going to be 30. The one will be 70. Then the next day it'll be 40 and you'll both be at 40 and it'll mm-hmm. both be terrible. But you have to be honest and not make it a competition 
-hmm. But like when you come home, hey, where are you at? And we're trying to do that. We don't use like the 50-50, like our numbers per se. We'll come home and just be like, hey, I just am mentally like not here right now. So Mm -hmm. I can't do the laundry tonight. If you need something, let's pick out the one or two things you need and let's do it. Or it's going to wait. It's going to be pushed. Or can you do it? And a lot of the times it'll just be like, oh, I can do that. Yeah, no big Mm -hmm. deal. So if it's something that you typically do, and again, I think that they're like, hey, I'm at 60 right now. And I think it comes a lot more into play, too, when you have kids Mm -hmm. to be like, who's going to be there for the kids tonight? Because it's very easy for us to be like, hey, we're both exhausted. Let's just put on a show and ignore everything. Like, Mm -hmm. and we can do that. Right. But like when you have to be there to support the the lives of children, you don't. So you need to know, hey, what was your day like? My day was, was, I've been up since... 5 30 in the morning mm-hmm. and i have this event i'm not going to get home till 11 i'm going to be at 10 percent when i get home yeah Can i need you, you to be it i need you me. to be at, at a minimum 60 like yeah as long as you're above 10 you need to help me out a little bit yeah i saw this trend on tiktok too called the golden hour have you seen that no it's with couples who have children mm-hmm. and they take turns every other night after dinner that one parent does the cleanup of dinner and the prep for the next morning while the other parent takes the kids either outside or to the playroom to Mm -hmm. play and spend time with them. Because the worst thing is when you're both trying to clean everything up, you're both annoyed from your days. Maybe you've had an argument or something like that. The kids need attention because kids at night are like the neediest things you've ever seen in your life. (laughs) But then you each get to take turns every other day. Like, because sometimes I love my kids more than anything, but I don't want to play My Little Ponies in the playroom at night I want to turn on the music and I want to mindlessly clean the kitchen yep and so you get to take like share that load and share that balance and just bring it back around to finances I think it's the same as anything else in a partnership like open communication tools for survival yeah yeah and giving each other grace with how hard the other ones are working because I think that's to bring all of it back to finance like you're saying is like a lot of it comes down to who worked harder, who had a harder day, who provided more. But everyone thinks they're working hard. Exactly. So it's be real with yourself, be real with your partner, and be honest about it, too. So it's if you can't provide the same income, how can you provide? If yeah. you aren't, if and if you, or if you don't want to, if you don't want to provide the same income, you want to start your own business and take that leap, then what's the communication to be that you are still going to be supporting your partner? Right. They look forward to. Exactly. What can they look forward to? As you pursue your dream, can they look forward to? What does the timeline look like too? And so that's where if you have a budget and a plan, when that budget or plan runs out or reaches its course, what's the new plan? What's the new timeline? It can't be no timeline, no plan, no budget. And then what? Then it's just you're navigating nothing. Yeah. I think it's really good to have those open conversations and to give some tools that we used for this too. Like Excel is obviously a really good one. You can be able to show your budgets and show your plans. But Alex and I use Mint. Mm -hmm. It's a budgeting app that's owned by Intuit, which is also who owns like QuickBooks. So it's a really good savvy tool. We hook all of our bank accounts up Mm -hmm. to it. So then it's also mindless after that where it does the categorization because it knows, okay, Chick-fil-A is food. So it'll automatically categorize them. And so you can see how much money you're both spending every month. Are you ready to get a lot more strategic with your sexy money goals? You've been working hard. You want to make the most informed decisions possible on what you can afford, whether that's bringing on a new employee, investing in developing a new revenue stream, or making a big move with your personal finances. We can support you with a financial analysis to provide you with the tangible data that you need to make the best decision. Book a call with us and we'll share how we can work together to achieve your goals. 
and we'll sit down together every once in a while. We'll do finance. We'll, we used to do finance dates like weekly. That's like, really cool. That's what we would do them weekly. We would sit down and talk about what our goals for that week were, how much we were saving, how much we were spending. And this was before we had that joint account. So it was very clear, like what was going on all the time and make it fun. Open up a fancy bottle of wine or a fancy drink and go get nice food or just a dessert. Yeah. Light a candle, like whatever you can do to make it feel elevated. It doesn't have to be in your house. Rent a hotel room for the night. Mm -hmm. Go and take a business trip. Make it fun. But sit down and have finance dates where this is what's in all of our bank accounts. This is where the status of all of our debt is. And what's the plan? Okay, yeah. when my paycheck comes in next week, where's it going to? Mm-hmm. When I get this next client, where's it going mm-hmm. to? Are we prepared for taxes? Are we prepared for a car to break down? And so if it were to happen, where would the funds come from? What's our backup? What's our plan? And then you can both leave feeling a lot more secure in that conversation. And it's fun. Alex and I are very goal-oriented people as well. And I'm a very forward-thinking person. I'm a very futuristic thinking person. Alex is definitely forward-thinking, but he's very much more like in the moment and present or in the very immediate future. So like the next week, the next month, where I feel like I'm more like five years. Like I'm more five years down the road, three years down the road is where my brain is at most of the time. And we both can meet each other somewhere in the middle, but we need to make sure that we both have a clear picture of the right now. Yeah. So that's hard for if Alex isn't sure what I'm doing with my three-year goal, I need to bring it back to his language. And what does that look like right now? But also what does that look like in three months? Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes where we have that disconnect is, oh, I want to do this. This is going to be great. It's going to be huge. I'm thinking three years down the road. Mm -hmm. And we're both thinking about today and like what we want to do right now, but I'm thinking three years down the road and he's thinking three months. Right. So he might be settled in on the, well, in three months, we're going to be really low on cash. With the the Maverick, I'll use this as an example. We might not have any members at that point. We're going to be paying the rent on this building. We just bought all this furniture. Mm-hmm. That's what three, three months doesn't look very fun. No. Three, three months for me, though, was like, oh, I'll have clarity in my head. Yeah, I'll yeah. be able to work so, so well. Yeah. And knowing, though, in three years, we'll have made that back because I made the budget and the plan. So I know we're going to get to that point. Yeah. And I'm living in the mentality of the future, but he's very much in the three months. Yeah. So it's figuring out how can I get him to see the three months, but also, or three years, but then also me acknowledging where he is. Where he is. And I would say a note on the finance dates, like you and Alex very much have your, you have your communication down. You have a very healthy give and take of who shares what and money. While it's stressful for everybody, you use all the tools. So mm-hmm. you, I wouldn't say you don't have stress, but you have less stress than some people mm-hmm. because you're organized and because you've put the work in. For Chris and I, money is a hot topic right now. And so going on a finance date sounds like less fun than getting a root canal. <laughs> <laughs> or going to the gynecologist. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would rather not ever go on a finance date because I don't want to, for both of us to have to take off our sunglasses and look at everything yep. together. So I would say if you are in a situation that isn't as great or isn't great at all, <laughs> that maybe a finance date, you have to make sure that you're both in a sound headspace yep. and know that you're walking into it calm and maybe lay some ground rules. This is going to get elevated because it's money and it does. So if we start to feel a little bit fussed up or like we want to scream, maybe we need to have these rules in place. Like we're going to walk away. We're going to get a drink. We're going to bring it back to something fun. Yep. So you can still get to the end goal because you still have to do it. Yeah. You have to do it. Yeah. But like, how can you do it without destroying your marriage or your relationship? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. 
And I think, too, the one of the reasons why it was probably easier for me to have some of those conversations was because that was my job. I see other people all yes. the time. So I know it's very normal and mm-hmm. it's not taboo, and, mm-hmm. but we make it taboo. I remember the most stressed I was ever about money was whenever Alex and I were just dating and I had $6,000 of credit card debt. Yeah. And I was losing sleep. I was yeah. so sick to my stomach about this yeah. that I was like, what is going on? Like, yeah. how am I in this debt? This is terrible. It's because I did this and this and this and I did, we did this and this was necessary and this was necessary, but this wasn't and this wasn't. I was just eating myself up. When am I going to get out of this? And so that was like more stress than I've ever been in. And that was, that's to me like $6,000, like you can get out of $6,000, make a plan, you'll be good. Like it's hard whenever you don't have the income coming in and you're wondering where you're going to get rid of that $6,000, but that is a very manageable manageable number. number. But at that time, it felt like the biggest mountain in the world to me. But then whenever I started working more with personal finances with other people and talking about it more, but then also listening to books and listening to you're a badass at making money and all these different topics that covered personal finances. And I realized that there was like a million other people in the same boat as me. And then also becoming a bookkeeper and seeing a lot of my clients being in that same boat, but their debt was higher and they got out of it and they were fine and reading these books and their debts like way higher and they get out of it. And then I got out of it and I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, this is totally fine. And so that was probably like, I was like years ago. And then when Alex and I got the Maverick and again, we're in like $30,000 of debt, I was way more relaxed than. Because you had done it once and you knew how to do it. Yeah. And I had seen my clients get out of their, you know, their startup debt. Mm -hmm. You know, you you think about a business, almost every business owner that you see has startup debt or had startup debt. All of those businesses got out of it or they didn't take a paycheck. They didn't have startup debt. They never took a paycheck. So they lived without any personal money for a while. I think it became easier for me to have those conversations because I knew that it was so normal. Yeah. And that's part of the reason for this podcast is making the listeners feel normal. Normal. It's okay. sharing the parts of our lives that maybe we aren't super proud of, but knowing now that I know you and talk to you so openly, like I know that the things that I felt so much shame about a year ago, I shouldn't feel shame about. Yeah. Like it's just part of living in this world mm-hmm. and trying to make the best decisions. And I think with money too, if you made the best decision, this is hard for me to learn, but at the time with what you knew to survive or do what you had to do, yeah. then you know, you'll figure it out. But yeah. sometimes that is the position that you're put in. What are some other tools? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For people. So if you are self-employed or you are a contractor of any kind, QuickBooks self-employed is really good, too, because you can do the same thing that Mint does, but it'll also create financial statements for the business side of your life. Mm -hmm. So if you're somebody that's a contractor, again, you can plug in all your credit cards, all your bank accounts, and then any money that comes in that's related to your contractor business or what you're doing to make that money you just can swipe it to the right for business income. And then anything that comes in that's personal, you swipe it to the left for personal. And then it's the same thing with expenses. What was this expense? Oh, I went out to lunch with a client. That's a business expense. Oh, I went out to lunch with my friends. That's personal. So that was a really good one because then you can truly see what's a business expense and what's a personal expense. Because I think that for a lot of the business owners that I work with that are just starting out, that share an account, it's very easy to get those blurred and to think that you have more money than you do. And then you don't feel like you have any money because you're spending it 
like you have more. Mm -hmm. So that was a really good one. I think QuickBooks in general, if you don't have QuickBooks as a business owner or any of the tools, zero, any of the bookkeeping tools, Excel is great, but it really helps to be able to generate financial statements and get the whole picture of your business. Yeah. So QuickBooks is huge. Into it for anybody on just a personal finance level that doesn't want to include any of their business funds, that's perfect. That's what Alex and I use as Mint. You need a budget. YNAB is another great software. Yeah. It's awesome. The functionality for me, my brain doesn't work like that for the functionality. So like that one's hard for me to get into sometimes. But if you like the nitty gritty details and making that plan like down to the penny. Mm -hmm. And then carrying over the funds to the next month for where they were. (laughs) Yeah. Like that one, that was hard for me, like the envelopes. But it makes sense if you're putting money into a travel budget and you're putting 50 bucks in every month and then by after a couple months, that travel budget's much higher. Yeah. And then when you use it, it can all come out. So it never looks like you're in the negative and then you're building back up. Like, right. Or right. it can if you spend it and then you're replenishing it. Right. They did so that YNAB out. was good. Yeah. Quicken's a good one. Quicken is another good one. That's a very detailed interface as well. Very detailed interface. Lots of data in Quicken. Intuit and YNAB, I think, are a lot more user-friendly. Yeah. Quicken can be very intense, but very good program as well. If you're somebody that likes data, those are good ones. And then Mint is on your phone. I'm sure they all are, but the way that I use Mint on my phone, it can be a widget on your background. So whenever you're out shopping, you can look at your phone and see how much money you've left in your budget for the month. Yeah. So that was a really good way whenever we were really saving and we were really nitty gritty about what we were spending on. I could just look at my phone and say, okay, my budget for this month, I have $500 left in my budget. But out of that, if I click on it, I can see that I only have $250 left in my shopping budget. So now I know my budget at Target is 250 bucks. Yeah. And that's if I want to spend my whole budget right yeah. now. Yeah. So that was really big. The other thing that I really love, and this to me is to set the scene a little bit on this one, I think what's funny and interesting about personal finance is if you're sick, you go to the doctor. If you have like a physical ailment or illness, We're not afraid to say it. We're not afraid to go to a doctor and ask for help. Right. We might be afraid to tell our friends and talk about it, but we will go to a doctor and we will talk about it. If we have a mental instability or our illness or hardship, again, we might be uncomfortable saying it to our friends all the time, but we will go and see a doctor. Seek help, yeah. For your finances, why are we all expected to know everything about finances? That's That's not what we do. Yeah. There is no it's like me being ashamed that I can't fix like you're you're not you, that I picked up in the woods. You <laughs> like, can't perform open heart surgery. Yeah, like I can't prescribe what? myself medicine. Yeah, just like yeah. you're not supposed to know what every fund to invest into yeah. or how to manage all of these financial tools. And it's so funny that everybody thinks that they need to be able to do this or they need to know in, inherently how to do this. Especially since we all came from the same educational system yes. that taught us how to play dodgeball instead yes. of how to balance a checkbook. And we all come from parents that probably didn't know how to manage it in the way that we need to manage it. Right. We right. D- everybody is different. Right. So it's funny, though, but basic health things, we all know how to manage that for the most part. And you watch your parents, whether or not they do it, you know that stuff, but you yeah. still have no problem for the most part going to a doctor and asking for help. Yeah, seeking help when you need it. This but for no things different. that are just so much bigger and mm-hmm. harder and no one wants to talk about, we don't go and talk to people about it. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is, I think that sometimes my conversations with some of my clients ends up being more like, therapeutic than anything else mm-hmm. and like I feel like sometimes I they want permission to go and spend it or to have the debt and this and I don't want to ever feel like I'm their therapist but I want to help but I'm sure you kind and, of uh, are I feel I, and I, that's where I think sometimes that's how I feel with that but what I want to say to that is like 
everybody should have something like that. Right. Have a friend that has your back. Right. And just say, I need to have an open conversation about money. Or is this something that you would be comfortable with? Yeah. And people will tell you for the most part if they are or not. No, money makes me really uncomfortable. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Great. Don't move on. Hey, to an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent or a parent or a, a coworker, especially if it's a coworker that you know is sort of in the same block as you, you know, kind of you make around the same amount, you yeah. live in the same area, you know what their background is, to have somebody that you can share that conversation with is huge yeah. and, and no judgment. Again, like no judgment. So seek that help, seek that financial help. It is really freeing. It is. Yeah. And it makes such a big difference whenever you know that you're not alone in this box. And yeah. so with that kind of having that like therapeutic side and that mentality side, one of the other tools that's really helped me is, and this is going to probably sound interesting, but also oversimplified to some people, is Pinterest. Mm -hmm. And so I have my not necessarily a dream board, but a lifestyle board. And I called it when I got married and when I was changing my name, I called it like S.L. Conway, Sydney Conway. And because that was my married name. So I was like, this is the person I want to be. Aww. So I made this about four years ago. And this is the person I want to be. And I pinned all of these images of the lifestyle that I wanted, not just like the car I wanted or the house that I wanted, but I want to wear this to work. I want to feel like this person looks. I want to feel like this picture is making me feel. I want to wear these outfits. And I made that a big widget. That board, you can make that board a widget on your phone. Wow. So on your phone, those pictures will cycle every hour. Mm -hmm. So every hour you'll get like a different taste mm -hmm. of the life you the want. life you want. Yeah. So what I tried to start asking myself, and this is still hard because again, especially if you're somebody with ADHD or you just like to shop or you get excited all the time, you go to a store and <laughs> you just have an impulse purchase. So it still happens, but I try to think about it, especially when I'm buying clothes and when I'm buying things that I'm going to use all the time, is this in line with who I want to be? Does this align with who I yes. want? If it aligns with who I want and it's in my budget, I should have no guilt buying it. Yeah. You'll feel guilty when you buy something that doesn't align with your values. Love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the other tools for me is Pinterest, making that board, putting that up there. If you shop and spend within your values, you won't regret the purchase. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. great. It's a lot of great tips for getting started with a conversation with mm -hmm. a partner or just by yourself on how to... Get your ducks in a row. Yeah, I think absolutely. I said that 15 times since we started this podcast. Well, but get your you ducks know, in a row. Yeah, it's good. You're getting all the ducks. My ducks in a row. are all crazy. They're like swimming in different directions. Got to round them all up, yeah. bring them all get back in. Right Start that whirlpool to just yeah. suck them all back. <laughs> That's what a budget yeah. is. It's cool. yeah, just, just suck everything back swirling in, swirling it all in. So it just <laughs> comes all, rains it all back in, rains it all back in. Yeah. Do you think you'll use any of the tools that we talked about now? Yes, I do. And I have Mint on my phone from that conversation we had last year. Mm -hmm. And you know, even I must have an account because it'll send me emails and it's, you just got charged for something. I'm like, where did that go? <laughs> so I think that I need to revisit that probably with you. So I'll mm -hmm. buy you dinner and we can oh, look at my good. finances. But I good. think mint. And then I love that Pinterest idea. Mm -hmm. like I think I do need to get clear on my values because when I get overwhelmed or I get anxiety or I get depressed, I shop for the dopamine hit to fill yep. the hole. And if I am not clear on what my values are or what I want or the person I want to be, I'm just like buying rando stuff off of Amazon. Mm -hmm. So I'm guilty of the dopamine hit, too, because it's yeah. like it does. It's that it's immediate so satisfaction and, and like knowing that an Amazon package will be on your porch. It's yeah. just so satisfying. And that's the world that we live in. It's that easy. It's that quick to yep. just feel that. But if you can 
set a budget for what your dopamine hit limit is. Yeah. I might just like, call that line like dopamine. Yeah. And that's fine. Again, knowing yourself is what's important with this too. So if like I need to buy myself something little like once a week just to like, yeah. I need a little treat for myself. Is it Starbucks? Maybe. Always. Is it ice cream? Maybe. <laughs> is it cheese? Maybe. Always. You know, like, so what is your shopping budget and limit? What is that for you? And yeah. what can you make it feasible for your budget and for your family. And then also, what can you keep small? And you're not cluttering your mind and your life with things. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to think of myself too with that is, okay, one of the things that I've really now established is who I want to be is someone that lives a more minimalistic life than I was. I am not a minimalist and I never will be at yeah. all. I'm just not. I appreciate minimalism, but it is not me, me at either. all. I love stuff. I love knickknacks. I love things. I love color. I, I love brightness. I love just I love everything. Knick like I love <laughs> knickknacks. I love them all. I just want all the little things. Like yeah. I love stuff. I really do. And so I want to stop feeling bad about liking stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that people sometimes make you feel bad about liking stuff. Yeah. But my grandma was a hoarder. Hoarding runs in my family for yeah. sure. That's that is yeah. hereditary if you didn't know that. That, that runs in the family for sure. My grandma was a big hoarder and I don't want to ever get to that point. Right. And sometimes I can have a tendency to do that where I just, I'll hold on to things, memories, old stuff. Like I just, I keep it all. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I need to know is I need things to be more in the open. So I know, okay, if I'm going to buy something, now my thought is where am I going to, where am I going to put it? Like I have to think, where am I going to put it like when I buy something? Step above. Yeah. This not just me using it, but where am I going to put it? Yeah, word. And I've actually gotten pretty good at that because I haven't bought any craft stuff in a while. I noticed that. I know. I didn't say anything. I've been pretty good because really good. I have nowhere else to put it. So until I get rid of some of the old stuff, the couple spools of yarn and crochet needles and that I have. Cricket and the yep, the cricket I used machine. yesterday. I used the cricket yesterday. Yeah, so that was good. <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Just being able to think about what your values are. Know yourself, be honest with yourself, and don't let other people sway you for what's important to you. And from there, try to start asking yourself questions before you buy stuff. And then the same could go for your partner. If you commit to doing it together, that's a lot easier than just telling your partner that they need to start doing this or that. Hey, you need to think if this is within your values before you buy it. That's a yeah. hard conversation to have. So I think if you can say more along the lines of a budget of, hey, we're both going to commit to this dollar amount of mm -hmm. our dopamine hit spending or our shopping budget or our miscellaneous stuff, set up the funds to be that way. Load up a prepaid gift card every month mm -hmm. and that's your limit. If anybody's a Dave Ramsey listener, I've gone through periods of time where I really like Dave Ramsey and then sometimes where it just doesn't fit doesn't my lifestyle. Die, yeah. And I think that's, again, with any advice that you hear for finances, take what you need, leave what you don't need, mm -hmm. and know that everybody's life is different. So, you know, one of the things that Dave Ramsey does is the envelope method. Mm -hmm. So get cash out, put it in envelopes, and when the envelopes are gone, that's it. You're done. Another way to do that is through gift cards. If you just want to say, okay, every month I'm going to go buy myself a $100 Target gift card, mm -hmm. and that's my budget for the month is that $100 Target gift card. That's a really easy way to just see it. And then if you are going above that, yeah. why? Why are you going above it? Right. Is it for the dopamine hit? Did Do you, you actually need, those need three it? colors of nail polish? Exactly. Probably not. Exactly. <laughs> so I think those are a lot of the times personal spending is such a psychological thing. Mm -hmm. And I think just understanding the psychological piece and giving yourself a little bit of grace is always a good always thing. It's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And communicating all of that with your whoever you're managing finances with. So. Yep. Exactly. Good tips, Sid. Yeah, fun, fun. 
but it's fun to share because I have seen a lot of different ones. I have a lot of different clients that use a lot of different stuff. It's fun to talk about. I like yeah. talking about it now. I think it's really empowering to talk about finances and debt mm-hmm. and that the, the icky stuff that's happened. It's empowering to talk about moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love talking about it. So I want to help anybody else have the conversations that they're not currently having. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're so lucky to have you. Oh, gosh. That's our money maven. Oh, please. <laughs> Next episode will be our sixth. Yeah. And we hope you come back for it. Yeah. Join us. Join, Join us. us. <laughs> if you found a bit of inspiration in this episode for achieving your sexy money goals, click the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app or YouTube so that you never miss an episode. I'm taking a quick break in this episode because I think for us business owners who don't have an accounting degree, we all pretty much agree that taxes are the worst part of running our businesses, right? Thankfully, Sydney put together three guides for us to make it so much simpler to tackle this part of our business. The first is the monthly bookkeeping checklist, which includes the tasks we need to do weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annually. I would not survive without this. Then you're going to want to check out the guide on the 75 plus tax write-offs so you can make sure you're including all of the right expenses when you go to do your bookkeeping so you're not overpaying. And the final guide you need is the tax planning questions to ask your accountant, which is going to make you 10 times more confident when talking to someone who is helping you with your taxes. The links for all of these guides are in the show notes for you. Now back to the episode.